You're listening to the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. I am Clive and I am joined by my co-host Ricky. How are you tonight, Ricky? Yeah, good evening. I'm, I'm doing well yourself. I'm alright, thanks. We've got a wee bit of a different format tonight, so we're going to see how it goes. Are you excited? Very much so, very much so. Good. Well, here's hoping it works out well. So... It's a wee bit of a quiet week in terms of the TV. Obviously, you had a new contender in Samoa Joe. It looks like he's going to be the next one that's going for the IC title. But apart from that, there really wasn't much else going on, was there? Um, a quiet week is a massive understatement. Uh, it is an understatement, really. Uh, really not much happened. I think it's a case of if you missed both shows, it's fine. Again, not much happened other than <clears throat> I was potentially getting our Roman Reigns and it's more Joe feud. Um, like I say it's very, very quiet. It's you sometimes sort of get that impression post Survivor Series just coming up to a new year that we're winding nothing down, really happens. You're sort of winding down because I think a lot of people might think that some of the attention might start to shift away from wrestling. Obviously, with there's Thanksgiving and the Christmas coming up, plus the NFL season is now really starting to end at a crucial point in the season as well. So, but yeah, it, it was really quiet, almost dull, if you want to say. But hopefully, hopefully, that's not the case because obviously they've got the Christmas and New Year shows. So I'm hoping maybe, maybe they'll treat those as sort of mini pay per views and we start to get a build towards those. Hopefully we'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll touch on some of the stuff from WWE later, but a couple of other things that I wanted to talk about first. Um, a certain Cody Rhodes is making a name for himself yet again in the headlines. Him and the Young Bucks were challenged, I believe. Not challenged, but somebody had asked Meltzer on Twitter, do you think Cody and the Young Bucks, like the Bullet Club, could sell out a 10,000-seater stadium arena uh, if they did their own pay-per-view? And Meltzer said, I don't think so, and Cody said challenge accepted so it now appears that they are actually going to try and fill in a 10,000 seater stadium and this is just the latest in a long line of attention, like headline grabbing moments that Cody's had in the last wee while do you think he's slowly turning into the king of the indies? He's definitely making a name for himself outside the WWE anyway I think um, outside of John Cena, uh, Brock Lesnar, and I would also put Roman Reigns in there. I think he's arguably the biggest name at the moment in wrestling. That's a big claim to make. I just think because I understand that maybe there's not as many eyes, obviously, on him or the products, Ring of Honor, New Japan, or the quote-unquote indies themselves. 
as opposed to WWE. It's obviously more, more eyes on those guys, but I, I think he's made a lot of a lot of noise in the last sort of year, and it's all been really, really positive. And I think he's brought more eyes, obviously, onto different uh, programs and uh, shows he's been on. I think he also has definitely gotten bigger, uh, a bigger name than he did when he left WWE. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe it's a bit out there to say that he's outside the three guys I named, arguably the quote-unquote face of wrestling. I, I don't buy that side of saying, but I think he's certainly, in terms of popularity, he's, he's every bit as big as just about anyone in wrestling at the moment, I think. Uh-huh. Um, in terms of filling out a 10,000 stadium seater, to me, that's not even a challenge because they're going to fill that out with absolute ease. Um, um, and, and I meant that when I mean that's not a challenge. I say that in the nicest and more and most respectful way possible because to me, like I said, I don't think it's even going to be remotely difficult for them to sell that out because of just how big they are and the kind of following they've got now. Um it's interesting that we're doing it with their own money it'll also be interesting to me it's not going to be that interesting where they do it because they can do it anywhere and it will still sell out I think it's going to be interesting in terms of two other things who appears on it and at what time of the year they do it I think the first three months would would be would be difficult too much too too short a time too much planning required and I also part of me wonders we're obviously going to get Cody Young uh, Bucks uh, we're quite stunning if, if someone like Omega wasn't on it oh well I think is it not basically a, a, a bullet club thing though I, I think no as far as I know it was just Cody and the Bucks well, they were the ones that were certainly in the photo of like the empty arena that you saw, and it was just those three. And you kind of wonder there's going to be there could be one sort of big time name, and you could argue that is Cody or Omega. Um, could it be somebody like Okada potentially? You know, um, mm-hmm. even though he's tied, he's got he's with uh, New Japan, got a contract there, but. You'd imagine the relationship Cody and Box have got with New Japan, they, they might allow him to appear on it. But if it's, to me, if it's any time after the summer, I think then spe- it could become rampant speculation that Daniel Bryan could appear aye, on that show. Aye, because they would want, if they're wanting him on it, they would have to wait till the summer if his contract expires, and that would be, doesn't matter who it's against, Daniel Bryan versus the proverbial broomstick. Anyone mm-hmm. would pay money to see that, and they would pay good money to to be there as well. Just, I don't know if it's if it's Cody staying in character. Like, I th- I'm, as far as I'm aware, I don't follow much of the Indies or New Japan. I, I keep my finger on the pulse a wee bit, but he's like a this cocky heel, right? And when he left WWE, when he was Stardust. I thought, Ugh, I don't think he'll do that well, but he's made some name for himself really quickly. He's in the Bullet Club, he's a ROH champ, he's, tra- he's fought against Okada. Um, there is tension between him and Omega, so you could argue that there could be 
um, a match between those two later on, maybe later on in New Japan's calendar. Who is it that um, who is it he's facing at Wrestle Kingdom? Is it what's his face? Kota Ibushi? Is that right? I think, I, I think so. I mean, that's a big name to have against. And he's obviously, so he's the Ring of Honor champion. He's done a few shoot promos to Roman Reigns on Ring of Honor. He has Twitter battles with him. Maybe I don't know if it's just him purposefully trying to get himself over, which is not a problem, because that's what you're supposed to do. But is it just him trying to get attention, or is he doing it naturally? Does that make sense? No. Yeah, I think... <laughs> I think some of the things he does say um, it, when he mentioned it I think he said he's the biggest draw in wrestling I think he said so he got an interview or tweeted that out that's just him in character so to me something comes across as in character something comes across of that he genuinely does believe some of the things he says and he does I think when he was in the WWE he was badly 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 um, booked. I think he's always had. I've never, <clears throat> I never felt he was always. I never ever felt he was a quote unquote main event guy. See, so neither did I. I always felt that if he was in there, then it'd be nice sort of to see. But I never thought he would be able to sustain it. Almost like a similar to what you've had with Jinder, for instance. That, just obviously, I think Cody's obviously far superior, but just in the sense that now Jinder's been in the title scene, I don't really see him coming back into it. I thought I felt maybe something like that could happen with Cody. I've always felt he was more intercontinental US sort of mid card level, but one of the like strongest mid card, almost to the level where Miz is at the moment. As great as Miz has been, he's not really entered that world title scene. He's he has solidified himself as the quote-unquote mid-card guy, like the, str- the strongest person on the mid-card, oh, he's aye. kept that going. He is so, Mr. Mid-card. And that's not meant as any sort of no, disrespect not either. at all. Like, the titles he's held is, are, are very prestigious, especially with Intercontinental title. So I always felt that with Cody, but when he left, it was it was, it was interesting to see what he'd done. And like I said, I think it was... It, it, I, would have, I would have kept him on. This was a guy who, who somehow still got over in that god-awful... Uh, Stardust, Stardust gimmick. I loved Stardust. I thought that was excellent. <laughs> See, I, I, I enjoyed it. I liked the sort of wackiness and stuff. But at the same time, when you look at it, you're like, Jesus, that was fucking like. It, I wouldn't say it was shocking. It wasn't terrible. It was just like, how the fuck did you get that over? Um, I think they missed so a trick. I, they missed a trick. They could have. They had many an opportunity to make him like take off the Stardust stuff and become a big face as just Cody Rhodes again. Especially after his dad died, there was a sympathy vote there, and I understand he didn't want to change that, which is fair enough. He wanted to keep the Stardust thing going, but if he's getting ignored by the team at Creative, and he's got all these ideas, look at all the ideas he's had since he's left. He's bustling with them. I remember he tweeted when he left, they had this wish list, like a to-do list, and it had ROH, New Japan, Young Bucks, and he's done all. Like I don't know how much of that to do list he has fulfilled but he's done the vast majority of it and obviously Dusty had a lot of influence with Vince back in the day and Dusty was a big prominent star behind the scenes at NXT as well so obviously the Rhodes family have got a big influence 
I just don't get why it didn't work, why they didn't change what they could have had with him. But maybe they just saw him having a glass ceiling. And But, as you said there, there's no problem with being a, a prominent star in the mid-card. There are, I've been saying it, like a wee cheeky plug, but I've got the columns that I've got on in the old Social Suplex website, and I'm championing a lot of the mid-card acts. There's not just the main event that people should be talking about. There are, there's another two hours and 20 odd minutes of Raws every week in a pay-per-view that people can be excited about. It doesn't just have to be the main event all the time. So there's no there's no shame in being a mid-card act. See, that's the thing. Like, If you want to look at a, a boxing or an MMA um, analogy, like, granted the main event is what you nine times out of ten might pay for, but what really could make the entire card or the entire event even more special is the matches prior to the main event. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have three or four matches that are absolutely terrible before an, like an all-time great main event, <clears throat> some people are still going to be soured because of how poor the undercard was. Now, you can technically have, yeah, then you could have three or four really great undercard matches with just a, a pretty solid main event. And people would love that because you get your money worth. So, like, like he says, there are two hours and two and a half hours of pro, uh, program time to fill up as well. So it's not all just about the main event. And I think, I think probably we're guilty of it as well that sometimes you do overlook sort of the mid card or the lower card at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of those foods I've been quite invested in and quite looking forward to those matches as well. So. Aye, I think I think bottom line is that I think they, they made a mistake with Cody um, and they may, maybe they're getting it, they may not be, but who knows but this is a guy who just seems to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I know I, I don't know if they will fill 10,000 because from listening to another podcast recently Ring of Honours, their biggest weekend WrestleMania weekend as well and they only usually get four or 5,000 or something like that but do you think Cody at the moment is bigger than Ring of Honor? Do you think he's got a bigger fan base? I think what you would what you would need to analyse properly is look at those Ring of Honor events, right? Even though they are WrestleMania weekend, there's also so much going on at WrestleMania weekend. Not everyone there can commit to Ring of Honor. There's other things happening. Evolve, generally, I think, happens at that weekend as well. There's so many meet and greets, etc. There's, um, there's NXT. There's obviously WrestleMania itself. There's a the Hall of Fame. There's the Hall of Fame ceremony as well. So I think, for me, I think they will fill out 10k, and I think they'll do it. I think they'll do it quite easily because I think what's going to be different between this and your standard Ring of Honor pay-per-view or Ring of Honor show would be, I, th- I think there's going to be more star power on this show. I think. It, it's going to be kind of like it'll be the, the Harlem Glo- Globetrotters of a wrestling card. It could be. If, that, um, if that's an analogy that can make sense. Like just all the, the superstars in one, under one roof. Just, just think about some of the people that can be on this card. You know, yeah. You're looking at obviously Rhodes, Cody, Bucks, Omega, Maybe potentially Jer- guys like Abushi, guys like um, Jericho, uh, Jericho, exactly guys like Kada. 
depending on what happens with Daniel Bryan's situation, that's going to be in play as well. Um, dare I even say someone like CM Punk could be in play. They've won him, so, they? They do, but I also think that he will end up in WWE, so... But when it'll be, I'm not sure. But there's, there's so many guys, and I think... I think they'll sell it out. But could you just imagine just how big it would be if... If they'd done it in, like, September time or something like that, and it was coincided with Daniel Bryan returning? So... Um, you do prove a good point. They're saying to keep it away from WrestleMania weekend. That is actually quite. That would be clever of them to avoid that because it could get they could get lost in the shuffle. Yep, and I, and I think the last thing you want to be doing is you don't want to you don't want to keep having to, as if you're trying to go head to head WWE, especially on that weekend. I think you should maybe try and distance yourself from it and be like, look, we're not them. We're something sort of completely different and. You've got three wrestlers here, active wrestlers, some of the best wrestlers in the world, and we're putting out an event together. You know, you, you want you want to make it feel unique, you want to make it feel special, and I think that might lose it luster a little bit if you do it at WrestleMania weekend, because it almost seems quite—I don't know—that cheap in a sense that, or not not so much cheap, but it's just like, why would you feel we need to put it on then? Like, are you just trying to stick it to them even more? Like, don't worry about them. Like, focus on what you're doing and just in, enjoy it because it's going to be, I think, it's going to be a massive success. Hopefully it is. It'll be interesting. Um, another thing to take into account is if, see if it is going to be at WrestleMania weekend, then you know for a fact that Triple H will want to put on the best takeover they can just to steal more of the spotlight because he likes his big shovel. And that, what will be interesting with that takeover is um, whether or not Drew McIntyre will bank time. He seems to try and, apparently I read, I read a report saying that's what he's aiming for. Whether that's realistic, I don't know. Um, so, uh, but I think bottom line is it just, for me, stay away from that weekend. Just stay away from any sort of WWE event that may be happening, big event, and just mm. do you. There you go, Cody. So if you're listening to the show, stay away from WrestleMania weekend. Are you locking it up? Are you locking it up 10k? Do you think they'll do it? I think they'll do it with absolute ease. Oh, bold claims to make. I think I think he's that big and I think he's that over. And I think, let's not underestimate the fact that he's going to, he's, he will be able to get any Ring of Honor in any New Japan New Japan New Japan guy on, I believe, anyway, because of the relationship he's always got with New Japan, the fact he's tied, got a contract with Ring of Honor. So, yeah, I think I'd be quite surprised if he didn't do 10k. Well, we'll see what happens. I'll remember you said that. If, I don't know what it will be. I don't know enough about the indie scene to make a decent comment on it, but as a it's a good project and we'll see how it goes down the line and if they get someone like Daniel Bryan in then I think it'll be quite easily if not sold out then it'll be very close to it anyway and I think if if it is successful it could potentially turn out to be something they maybe do every year or maybe do twice a year I don't know but it, it, it has the potential to be a game changer in the sense that 
Cody's star power and Cody's um, status in the, in the wrestling business is just going to get even even bigger. It's going to become massive. Um, yeah. So it's going. To, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens with it. I think his dad will be proud. I think he'll do a good job. I think he'll do a good job. I think he seems to. He seems to know what he likes in wrestling, and and it just you know no bullshit. Just go out and just have fun and put on good shows and stuff. So I think, I think there's a chance that that it's going to be really, it's going to do really, really well. Good, good. Hopefully it does. So moving on, I've kind of got a wee bit. Not a redaction from last week, but we talked at length about Finn Balor not being over, according to a report from Meltzer, that Vince doesn't want Finn Balor near the Rumble. And there was something now, now, I have to preface this by saying the information they got was from a website called Dirty Sheets, but apparently Meltzer just totally fabricated that story that Finn Balor wasn't over. Um, It was Monday or Tuesday you texted me saying that. So again, this dirty sheets say that there are dirt sheet as well. It's hard to really. I was thinking a lot about it this week, and I just think there are too much, too much dirt sheet stuff going on at the moment. You don't really know what to believe anymore. And see, to be honest, you reading these reports sometimes it gives me a bit of an anxiety, <laughs> and it's like taking away my enjoyment because it was before WrestleMania this year that we heard that we what the upcoming WrestleMania's main event's going to be. So the whole year I've had at the back of my mind, oh, it doesn't matter what's happening because it's going to be Roman versus Brock anyway at WrestleMania. So it takes my enjoyment out of the product a wee bit. What about yourself? Mm-hmm. I think in the day and age that we're in right now, it's, it's difficult to avoid sort of spoilers and dirt sheets. Because in that, you've just got to basically stay off social media. And let's be honest, people of our generation, like, we are literally glued to our phone. Yep. So, I mean, what was it? I think it was, um, when it was the AJ Styles winning the title from Jinder Mahal. Um, we always knew that match was happening because it took place in the UK. Just sitting on my phone, and I went on to Twitter not even realising it was taking place and all of a sudden I've, I've spoiled something for me so it's, it can happen that easily or in Barry's case you can have some arsehole at work constantly spoiling stuff for you yeah I st- struggle really hard to avoid NXT spoilers because I try not to it. read the NXT spoilers because obviously they do the tapings in advance and I'd rather just watch it that's mm-hmm. the only thing that doesn't get spoiled for me and that's the thing, like, I think just the day and age we're in, we've got this thirst to find out things immediately. Like you know, we have we're, to know. We're impatient. We're impatient in letting things develop. We're impatient in enjoying the story and seeing where it goes. We just want to know, like you say, we just have to know. So, in... In that sense, like we're only to blame. Like you can't sit and complain about spoils and stuff when you're actually going out and looking for them, sort of thing. But at the same time, I've I've said it on this podcast before. At the end of the day, Dave Meltzer's just sort of another guy. He might know the business well. He might know people. But how how you're able to 
to come to a conclusion that Vince doesn't think Finn is over. At the end of the day, if you don't really hear that from the horse's mouth, can you really take that as a a 100% concrete evidence? It's not. He's still being featured. I know he got destroyed again by Kane this week, but that was in Kane's, the town where he is running for mayor. So I think <laughs> that was just another advertising <laughs> campaign. <laughs> Vote for Glenn Jacobs, who will extinguish your demons for you from Knoxville. I think. And at the end of the day, and and you're going to get things right in some predictions or your sources tell you sometimes you're going to get them wrong. So, for me, it's just, um, it's more proof of the fact that just, just don't believe sort of everything you read. Just, just, just ignore that and just try and enjoy, enjoy the product itself. Uh Uh-huh. Enjoy what's going on in the ring and the storylines, but you get so you get so caught up. I mean, see when Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn get sent home, mm-hmm. I was a nervous wreck. I was checking every, I was checking Twitter, I was checking Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn's own Twitter accounts, going through Reddit, refreshing every two minutes. Didn't know what the hell was going on, but that's because I was desperate for information. So I'm kind of. Catch twenty two. I don't want to read what's going on in the dirt sheets, but see, see if I didn't know about that. If the dirt sheets didn't tell me that they had got sent home, then I wouldn't have batted an eyelid. Mm-hmm. So dirt sheets are responsible for my wrestling anxiety, and I want them to go away. But some people get paid for it. And I say that's the thing. Sometimes you just can't help. I can't help avoid them mm-hmm. because you might just come up. Like I literally just want a Twitter for. Just, just for a browse, not, not for it to look for it in particular. And I'm just going through a new feed, and it's not, and it never registered with me. Like it, it could be spoils on this, and immediately I see it. Like after scrolling down, like just for like five seconds. But I think at the end of the day, the the dot sheets just some, 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 some are believable and some are not. Um, it's sort of now puts our rant or uh, the things we were saying last week, you know, it makes it sort of seem idiotic now because uh, now we're going in the other direction but you know, we were we were acting on information that you thought was true and, and do you know what? You, you still wonder whether or not it is true because Finn himself was posting things online and specifically putting the words over or the, or the letters O-V-E-R in capital letters He did that again on Monday so, night He said he was overwhelmed Exactly uh-huh. Yeah. Maybe he's just taking the piss yeah. out of the dirt sheets Maybe Maybe he's just trolling everyone He's just having a laugh No idea but At the end of the day like Dirt sheets like, you know, are avoidable If you can So at the same time Don't believe everything you see in them Mm-hmm just take them with a pinch of salt. Just sit down on a Monday or Tuesday night, put everything you've read, fling it away, and just see what happens. I know it's hard, and it's a experiment that's probably doomed to fail, because with social media, with your friends texting you, 
it's almost impossible but there's too much I think there's just too much behind the scenes stuff going on at the moment there is and as you said friends spoiling it for you like you spoiled Shane McMahon's return and you spoiled Kurt Angle's induction into the Hall of Fame for me how right first of all I didn't spoil Shane McMahon's return for you I said did you see Raw yeah, you never said. You didn't say, "Oh my God, change return." But you did say, "Here comes the money." No, I didn't. I'm sure you did. What? Why on earth would I say that? What? No. What you said in your message immediately as I saw that. I don't know why, but I was like, "Shane's back," or something massive has just happened, and someone's returned. And then for Kurt Angle's, I can't remember what you've done, but you've done something. I think you're lying about the Kurt Angle one. I think you're just making that no, up. No, I'm sure, I'm sure you've told me. But uh, uh, accidentally. And all I'm saying is do not ruin CM Punk's return for me. Oh, fuck's sake. Not this again. What? CM Punk's not coming back for a long time. I mean, I predicted Kurt Angle's return two years before it happened, and it, it did happen. And I did predict Shane's return. And I predicted Bruce said winning money in the bank, but that didn't happen. <laughs> just, just like the dust sheets, we can be wrong. We can be wrong. We are not a reliable source of information. Please turn off your podcast we, player now. We we are not reliable anything, people. <laughs> so we just move on because this has been a bit of a <laughs> shit show. Um, is there anything on Raw that you want to discuss? Anything particular happened? Aye, what, what, how do you feel about Paige so far and Absolution? Uh, I, I quite like it. I do. Uh, I just hope it sort of leads somewhere and I hope it's not just going to lead to a three-on-three with Paige and that lose. Like, it'd be nice if they booked Paige strong to potentially winning the women's title but where it's going to be at the Christmas um, Raw or the New Year one or potentially the Rumble I would like them to keep booking her strong I've always liked her she's been she's good and it's good to have her back um, the little the faction she's got as well is quite good it's interesting it's almost got a a ladies shield sort of feel to it in a sense where they're just coming down and just destroying everyone in sight uh-huh so every as much as I like the booking of Paige, I despised what they've done with Asuka on Monday night as well. Right. Okay. Tell me, and I'll just put you down like a sick dog. Well, they had a smile at the three of them. Right. No. Right. So what exactly is it that's annoying you? That she backed away. So. Paige and Sonia Deville and Mandy Rose backed away from Ask. Um, came no. in. Came down to the ring and Asker backed away from the three of them. What exactly is the problem with that? Right. Serious question, right? Oh, cool. Please. Would Brock Lesnar back down from a three on one? Um. I'm trying to think if he has in the past right well to me the most recent one is when he entered the Rumble last year and he walked down 
and he took out the entire Wyatt family and then all four got on the apron and he stood there and was basically saying, let's go. Roman Reigns won't back down from a three-on-one. Cena wouldn't back down from a three-on-one. Taker wouldn't have backed down from a three-on-one. As much as I hated him, Goldberg wouldn't have backed down from a three-on-one. You, you built her up. And I'm not saying you built her up to be like the female version of Brock Lesnar or the Beast or whatever. You built her up to be this absolute brute force. In my opinion, the three of them should have gotten the ring and kicked the shit out of her. She should have got. She should have. So one that's, point maybe that's her looking like back. a brute force then if she gets the shit, shit kicked out of her. By three, three other people. Yeah, right. See, the thing is, <laughs> I sounded really annoyed with you there. I didn't mean to. <laughs> no, it's fine because but I'm not going to. Like, on you go. Earlier on that very night. I know you're talking about Brock Lesnar and Goldberg and stuff like that. Earlier on, Sasha was left in the ring with the three of them and she went to attack them and look what happened to her. She got attacked. She got beat down. So Asuka obviously saw what happened earlier and thought, right, I could probably take you all on but I'm not going to take the chance. So I'm going to have my sly wee smile that's one of my signature poses or taunts and I'll back away and I'll pick my fight another time. I thought that was very clever over because of what happened to Sasha earlier on in the night. I know Sasha isn't Brock Lesnar, but do you not think that's quite clever? It's I think it's protecting Asuka. Nope. <laughs> Fucking hell. I felt made a week. And people can say, oh, it's wrong, but what is fine. We're entitled to different opinions. I would have rather the three of them absolutely didn't her in the end and left a line there that and now doesn't... people might say well, does that not go against what, what, the way I feel that Asuka should be booked that she should single handedly run through the entire women's division not really because it took three not one not two but three women to take care of her to, to put her down I think to me I just didn't like it even though I understand the smile and, you, and the smile sort of gave away the impression that like I'm going to kick the shit out of you at some point and, and you just can't stop it. I understand that. But at the same time, I would have loved to have how all three come into the ring and her just start trying to lay waste to each of them, but the numbers game eventually catches up with her. I think that would have been a lot more damaging than what happened. I don't. I think because it was a three-on-one, it would have been fine, and then you would eventually, a couple of weeks down the line, you would have eventually got... Ask her running through the other two in order to get to Paige. I, you know that's going to happen at some point. There's going to be a week where she lays into all three of them and puts them all down. It's a patient game. It's a long uh, game. Uh, it is a patient game, but she should have. She shouldn't. She should. She should not have been booked to back away from them. Not after giving us like a a three month build how the Empress was Empress was coming. Not after the way she just dismantled um, Dana Brooke in like less than like a minute. I understand Dana Brooke and Paige, there's no real comparison, but nah, I would have liked to seen her take the beating, but at the same time, give a little out to the three of them. To me, that would have made her look strong. Look at that, like she's she's actually still fighting back and is taking three women to 
to be other. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I will ever come to your side on that. But how about we have a wee experiment? Why don't we keep a close eye on Asuka's booking over the next few weeks and months and see how she fares and see if she actually has been booked well as she has been booked as this unstoppable force, the Empress of Tomorrow. Will we do that? If you want, but I understand that you're saying that she was never booked like that in NXT where a lot of her matches were like tooth and nail and it, was just, it could have gone either way. Yeah, they were closely fought. I, I get that, but... In and that, and, and what, main what, roster what, is a step up from NXT. It is, it is. But um, the way I'm coming from it right now is it was a mindset thing. That her mentality was to retreat rather than stand on the ground and fighting. It's got nothing to do with her ability in the ring. It was a it was a mindset that you her mentality in my mind should have just been like, come, come, let me see, let me see if he's can like put me down. Right. I just don't, I just don't like her back in a way. Braun Strowman backed away twice last year. And lead up to Mania. This year, sorry. Undertaker came in the ring, Braun stood there and walked away. Did the same with Brock before they ended up fighting with Brock. Did that make Braun look weak? Yep. And we all said it at the time. <laughs> and and I I'll need to get some evidence to back that up, but everyone, all the comments I was reading Laws of Pain, all the stuff I seen on Twitter saying why the fuck is he backing away? Especially why is he backing away from Undertaker? And then it was the whole thing with Brock and he backed away from him as well. Nah, didn't like it. Didn't like it at the time. Didn't like it and still don't like it. People can say, oh, look at that, but he, they still, he's, he regained his momentum. <laughs> he regained his momentum despite that disastrous booking from Brock as well. That's more so down to Braun than anything else. They're starting to have too many like missed opportunities with Braun. Just Bron. not a fan. Just not a fan of it. Right. I was not a fan of it. Well, I'm sorry that Didn't you were. Like it. I'm sorry that you were upset, by Raw. Did not like it at all. Right. I heard you. Okay. <laughs> uh, right. Tell me what was you, what was it you did like from this week, and I think I know what your answer is going to be. So there was actually a couple of things. Uh, it, 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 like, I know we say you can probably skip it, but there was actually a couple of things I did like. Uh, first of all, Roman Reigns and Elias was a, a great match. Yes, that was good. Um, and Cesaro and Seth as well. Yep. Seth sold his injury during his after the match promo. Like he was mm-hmm. trying to speak, and he caught. It's as if his breath caught because of his sore ribs. If he did have sore ribs, fair enough, but. At first, I thought he'd fucked up the promo, but he was still selling the ribs after, like during the promo. That was excellent. Very small detail there, but that was very appreciated by myself. Yeah, and um, we touched on it a little bit earlier on, but we've got potential feud between Brock, sorry, Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe to look forward to as well. Yep, yeah, Joe v. Joe. It's finally happening. They've not had a pay-per-view match, have they? No, Samoa versus Samoa. <laughs> no, um, that will be good. But that, my only, 
the only thing that I'm a bit hesitant about and I'm a bit like, oh damn, is I hope that's not this is not the end of the Intercontinental um, Open Challenge. I think I says it too over the messages. I, I was hoping it might delay this for another week or so, just so we can get to see a couple more uh, people answering the Open Challenge. Because um, when John Cena done that for the US titles, it was excellent. It was absolutely unbelievable, and he was literally having like four star match after four star match like on Raw. It was just unbelievable run. So no, they still could because. During him doing those open challenge matches, he was still feuding with Kevin Owens throughout it all. Mm-hmm. So there is there is room to do that. So like Maybe. Roman could have another match this week coming up, and Joe attacks him again. So like he could have a, like a good twenty minute barn burner, but then Joe comes down and interrupts the match, and so the match is a forfeit. So there's still room to do both the challenge and have Joe interfere. What, when is Roadblock? Do you know off the top of your head? Is that the last pay-per-view of the year? I think it's the last Raw one anyway. I don't See, I don't think Raw had one. Did they have one this year? I thought it was just a Smackdown having one. Um, give me a second, I'll have a quick check in Google. I didn't think Raw was going to have one. Well, basically, it will be... It looks like it's going to be Roman versus Joe. Joe versus Joe at the next Raw pay-per-view, whenever that is. See, I, I know I don't think they do. I think <clears throat> so. I think that might actually take place in the Christmas or the New Year special, the Raw that match. Right. And I think they'll treat that as like a a mini pay per view. Uh huh. Just like they, uh, they did back in the day with the old brand splits. Mhm. Just like when you know SmackDown went through that period where they never had a a pay per view for about seven or eight weeks, and they had those three title matches on SmackDown. Aye. So, and it'll be like that. And obviously, next year, as John Ross told us as well a few weeks back, that they're going to cut down on the amount of pay per views they have. So hopefully, each brand might might have like eight weeks between each pay per view. But at that sort of three or four week point, they might have like a a quote unquote mini pay per view on a Raw or a SmackDown, which would make make those shows even more better. Uh huh. But um, just going back to Joe versus Joe, I think that'll be good. That'll be really good. I think they had a, they had a match on Raw, didn't they? Yep. Um, before the Fatal 4 way where Braun came down and interrupted. And that was a quite good match and it, it just seemed to have quite good chemistry. Uh, I love I love Joe. So, small Joe that is. In fact, I love the other Joe as well. Uh, you're a, you're a, a Samoan Joe Mark, if there ever was one. Aye, like, I loved him in his TNA days. Loved him in his TNA days. Couldn't believe it when he came to NXT and still had the name some more Joe as well, and I've loved him since he came up. Uh, hopefully he's the one that takes the IC title from Roman, because, like we said, last week, or it was a week before, I can't remember, uh, it was last week, sorry, that we felt like Roman didn't really need it. Uh, some more Joe or Finn Balor would have benefited from it, so hopefully uh, he's the one that takes the title from from Roman. Gives him a bit of a mm-hmm. a little bit of a lift, and, and then him and Finn could feud at Mania for the IC title. I would be all for that, or even Rumble because Finn's not over enough to compete in the in Universal title. Yep, even though he's owed a Universal title match shot. Uh, no, no, he's not because obviously we all forgot about that. Remember? Aye, revisionist history strikes again. Yep. 
I think so for me as much as I've loved the fact that like uh, Joe versus Joe uh, the fact that Matt Hardy's finally broken uh, is huge not finally it's gearing up but I think it is on the cards because there was actually an article out um, all over the the dirt sheets see I should have just ignored that segment altogether that was horrendous Um, (laughs) the the impact or whoever the company is I can't remember the name of them they're just going to I know but there's the parent company is it Panda something uh, whatever. Aye. Who cares? They're going to basically let car- um, wrestlers, whenever they leave, to take their characters and their gimmick with them, because they've realised all too late that the legal battles that they were having with the Hardy family was pointless. So they're just going to give them the broken gimmick, because they, they should be worrying about their own program instead of worrying about things that aren't even there anymore. Mhm. So the broken gimmick seems to be on the way. Definitely indicators of that, and his Twitter timeline is full of all the. I think, I think it's it's here. It's arrived, and next week and the week after, etc., we'll start to get an explanation of what the broken gimmick is and what broken Matt Hardy is. Because a lot of the people out there won't know it. No, they won't. You are going to have to retell the entire story again. With the eventual return of Jeff Hardy, you sort of hope Brother Nero come back, Brother Nero, and you hope they bring in um, Matt's wife because she was involved in the storyline, and you hope they bring in Senior Benjamin, <laughs> who is uh, Matt's father-in-law. It'd be brilliant if they got them all in. Even King the, Maxwell. Everyone, get them on. Get his get his kids in as well. Um, the the only con- there's a couple of concerns really. Number one is, is it too far down the line now? I wouldn't say so, actually. I think it's a perfect time for it. I don't know if it's a perfect. I think it was perfect about, for me, as soon as Jeff Hardy got injured. He's been gone for a good few months. For obvious reasons, they couldn't do it. So now you're hoping that people are still investing in it, and I think they will be. Just looking at Twitter, a lot of people are so happy to see it. I think... But the bigger thing is the reason why it became as big as it was and he was able to go do these different things was because he had full 100% creative control over his character. You just don't know if Vince will give him that. Uh, And if he doesn't, then you're going to get like a a real shit um, (laughs) half-assed attempt at the Broken Mac gimmick character. So for me... I think it's not very often it happens, but for me, you've just got to give him full creative control over where the, the character itself goes and what the character does. Not necessarily so much if Matt comes in and says, I've got creative control, now that means I get to hold the universal title. Like, that, none of that, not that. Just give him control and where he, how his character evolves and where it goes and what kind of, who comes into the storyline, etc. That, to me, is... It's probably the biggest thing that is Vince willing to do that. Well, see when he gives a bit more leeway to certain wrestlers. Look at the New Day with their promos, especially when they were heel. They were allowed to say basically whatever they wanted. Um, Also, Cena and Reigns, their promo work for No Mercy. They were given carte blanche a wee bit, and it was 
while it not may have been to everyone's cup of tea, it was certainly very much talked about on social media. And a lot of WWE's focus is on social media these days. They're always saying that they're trending worldwide and how many YouTube hits they've got and stuff like that. So it's obviously something they do care about. And it's not just like the raw ratings or stuff like that. And I think I'll, my reasons for it being the perfect time is didn't have to do it straight away. They had a good programme with Cesaro and Sheamus. They could calm down a wee bit. Jeff Hardy's injured, fair enough. So that's all, again, calm down. It's been hinted at for a while, but I think it's also... I know that while I say it was another awful promo from Bray Wyatt, I'm just fed up with the shite he's spouting these days, but maybe it's giving credence to Bray Wyatt for being the one that broke him. So I think what it will be is Bray versus Matt at the next pay-per-view or something like that. Um, And I think with Miz being off filming Marine 6... Miz TV and Miz's segments took up a lot of time on the telly, on TV. So they're going to need quite a few segments to fill. So what better way to fill it during a time when not many people are, not many stories are developing because it is Christmas and not much happens at Christmas time. It's the perfect time for him to get a f- like a few 10, 15 minute segments on Raw where he can just say whatever the hell he wants and get over with the fans. So I think I'm quite excited, actually. I didn't think I would be, but I'm looking forward to it quite a lot. I think if if you've only seen a little bit or you've never seen it, I think if, if, and it's a big if, if Matt is allowed to do what he wants, and a lot of people are in for a treat, but when he came, when he came back at Mania, like those delete chants were... Were really, really loud. Aye. Um, a lot of people know about it, but again, the casual audience won't. I think a lot of people buy into it because it was so different. It was so strange. It was so weird. It was just wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> but it really was like, like I said, I think people are, are in for a treat. My own, my concern is that is is Vince going to give him? Let him do. Let him do what he wants. Because at the end of the day, this isn't his creation. The New Day was his creation. Cena was his sort of creation. Reigns was his creation. Those are his quote unquote babies. He never created this. So it's just it comes down to that, in my opinion. Um, I people can say is it too late or whatever, but at the end of the day, like this seems like the first absolute first possible chance that they had to do it purely because of the lawsuit issue and the battle they had with TNA slash Impact slash Aye, Global Force Glove whatever it's Anthem sorry it's not Panda it's Anthem see that's the thing like we're saying why they waited so long to do it they had these legal things going on so they obviously yeah, wanted mean, to do it if... well definitely because they've, they've had those sort of broken mannerisms ever since they came in like you know the first interview they'd done after WrestleMania, it was delightful. The, it was delightful. And it was it was this and that. Like uh, uh, Brother Nero or Johnny Jeff Hardy was using words like obsolete. So they, they've tried to integrate it a little bit into the characters, into the stories, just so it's still it's still there in people's minds. So. I think just let's just look forward to it. I think it can work. At the end of the day, see if Vince 
gives him the freedom to do what he wants. There's absolutely no reason why it shouldn't work. I mean, they made it work for the shitty budget and stuff. They had the TNA. Like, that added the to the promos and the graphics. It did. That sort of grainy shittiness added to it all. But with the production that WWE have got, it should be a lot better. I think. Let's see, it does just come down to how much input Vince allowed Matt to have. And I think. Like you said, it's it's not too late because that's the first possible chance they've got and I think as soon as they start to tell you that story again, a lot of people are going to remember just how great it was uh-huh. and are going, to be real, are going to really be invested in it again. But I think at the same time, he must go on and win a couple of feuds as well straight off the bat. That's probably why he's been paired with Bray Wyatt because Bray Wyatt doesn't win feuds. <laughs> that's true. Um so if he's able to come off and win, win a few feuds straight away, then who knows? Maybe he gets into the IC title picture, or he just gets into a couple of feuds, and maybe or or him and uh, Jeff Hardy, him and Brother Nero team up and they're back and they win the titles again. But this time they're the Broken Hardys. So it'll be it'll have, it will be interesting. Jeff already is literally broken just now. Or torn, he is. The torn Hardy. So it's interesting. I think it'll be good. I mean, see once, as you say, see if Vin, like if Matt's let off, let loose, he could talk for hours like that. He doesn't need to think mm-hmm. about promo work. It's all off the top of his head because I, I, I mean, sorry to cut you off. At the end of the day, he fucking done a a Jericho podcast in full character. <laughs> I know it became unlistenable after about ten fifteen minutes, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, right, Matt, for fuck's sake, calm down. But it was still funny though. I think. Do you think he talks like that? Do you think he talks like that in the house to his family? Oh, I definitely, definitely. Just constantly. I think because his wife as well, she was tweeting like mad once it happened as well. So I think I definitely will follow with it. But the other thing is, let's say, do we trust Vince or do we let him give Matt the freedom to do what he wants to do? There's been plenty of examples for people coming from NXT or people coming from the outside to WWE and it's not it it hasn't worked for one way for one reason or another there's been quite a few to recent um, in recent memory and I think a lot of people have tweeted as well that if the if Velveteen Dream came up to WWE, he'd be an absolute utter sort of failure because of Vince, in the sense that Vince wouldn't have a clue what to do with him. And I think that was quite true in the sense of um, Mr. Breeze as well. Oh, V Tyler. You know, like, come on, this guy walked out to a selfie, holding a selfie stick and a phone with his mug up in the, the up in the Titantron, like. It was just so different. It was just so modern because that's what people do these days. Yeah, it was very, it was very modern. It was very millennial to see him do that. But I mean, an act like him, an act like Tyler Breeze, he's not going to be one that, like going for the main event scene. I can't really see that would would happen. It didn't happen with Goldust back in the day when he was very, like, a very different visually different act to look at but as far as I remember Goldust was never in contention for the world title it was always the 
IC title and stuff like that. And that hardcore title. And the hardcore. <laughs> you see you in that hardcore title. <laughs> no, I think, and that's what it is. Like, just people are very hesitant, and for obvious reasons. Um, but let's like say there's things that, no matter what you want to say, but Impact TNA, whatever you want to call them, had that sort of NXT sort of feel to it in the sense that it was close, like the arena was tight, and it was it was a hardcore sort of fan base. And it's not so many casual people like the WWE, for instance. And that's what like that's why that, in my opinion, sort of got over as well in TNA or Impact because it was a lot of hardcore fans, and, and you're not really catering to other people. Not many people are sort of like meddling with your with your work. Um, and that's why, like, you think when you see a lot of people in NXT, like you say, Tyler Breeze, like Emma, where she had that sort of dancing gimmick that she had. Fuck, even Bailey, like a lot of these gimmicks work in NXT and stuff because of A, the crowd, and B, you don't really need to pander to a larger audience. Um, and that's where, it, let's say, it's going to, those two things will tie in with the fact that, with the creative control and the fact that is Vince going to start meddling? Well, Back, like, I just quickly want to talk about my Hardy for one more wee second. See the amount of shite that Vince has put on TV over the last 25 years? You'd think he'd let Matt just go a wee bit crazy for a bit. <laughs> but because it's not his creation, he probably won't let him. That's it. And... <sighs> like, he needs to understand that, like, fine, like, this isn't going to be like a fucking... Look, it's not going to bring in the kind of money that, say, Roman Reigns or, or these other guys are going to bring in, but you're still going to make, like, a bit of money from it. Aye, it's not, a main, it's not main event. It's not, in, like, and, that's, and we're not saying it should be, like, shot into the main event with this gimmick, but if you just, just let, let, let him do what he needs to do and let him show you that it'll work and it'll get over. Because in my mind, I don't think he wanted to do too much in order to get it over, purely because I remember how great of a gimmick it was. And I wasn't even a a TNA guy, but I watched a lot of his promos and some of his stuff with Jeff Hardy, even before he sort of came full on Brother Nero. Like that compound, um, not the compound, the, uh, the compound sort of match they had, which took place, I think it was in, in my Hardy's actual backyard. Aye, that's right. So, well, there's a chance for it to be really, really big. I'm not saying big in the sense that all of a sudden here he is, number one face, face of the company, stuff like that, but it's a chance for it to really sort of take off. Aye. It's, as, as we said earlier on tonight, it's a chance to beef up the mid-card with some interesting stuff. And it, we were saying you get a lot of wrestlers that people think they should be the champ, they should be number one guy in all the company, but their gimmicks are holding them back from being that. And I think it's just like, for instance, you are very passionate about a certain Bulgarian slash Russian wrestler, right? And Rusev, and you think he should just win everything, all the titles. But I think his gimmick holds him back. It's that anti-American thing. And it's not even the way Jinder's been doing it. It takes back to, I can't even remember his name, but it was back in the 
Days. Kozlov. that's the one I. No, 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 who was it? Are you talking about Vladimir Kozlov? Mm-hmm. There's someone else before it. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Late 80s. Anyway, there's just there's oh, a certain yeah. cartoonish element to Rusev's behaviour. Iron Sheik? No. It doesn't matter. That doesn't matter anymore. I forgot. But do you know what I mean? Can you accept that although you want Rusev to win all the titles, he's not he's not got the right gimmick for it? He's not serious enough? Right now he's not. But, and I, and I really wish he was, on, he was on right now, John Ross, that the Rusev US title run was just utterly fantastic. There was a... Brock Lesnar's Paul Heyman sort of um, esque chemistry feel that he, him and Lana had in the sense that Rusev didn't say too much he just went out and beat the shit out of folk and Lana was the mouthpiece and it worked so well the guy fucking came into Wrestlemania with arguably the greatest entrance you'll ever see in your life that is true and he he was so over it was unreal and that gimmick then worked to me, now, you don't even need to fucking... Don't even have an anti-American. If you want, let him come out with a Bulgaria flag and just be like, I hate I hate yous, I hate everyone there, and I'm just going to kick the shit out of you. Like, you don't even need to, you don't even need to reference the Bulgaria thing. You don't even need to reference anti-America. You can just come out with a heel, and he's like, I'm a brute, and I'm just going to kick the shit out of folk. And he just happens to carry his Bulgaria flag around with him. So... Like, yeah, I can understand what you're saying. His recent gimmicks have been quite shite. But I think you can see from his tweets and the kind of stuff he does on Twitter and stuff like that, like, you can tell the guy can do so much more and he can get over so easily. Um, So I understand where you're coming from, that whole anti-America gimmick, but this is a guy that I think that it doesn't even need that. I think if he just... If you just have him come out and beat the hell out of folk, like I think, like I said, that really, he's, he is arguably my favourite in the company. I just think, I think he's, I think he's brilliant. I think he's great in the mic. I think he's really, really good in the ring. The fact that he used to come out with just his shorts on, he never wore, he never wore shoes, never wore trainers or anything. That that as well added to the appeal. Was like this is different, like because the last person I can remember doing that was Yokozuna. I don't know for someone after that, but so I um, I understand where you're coming from, but I think his issues are easily fixable. But for whatever reason, they're just not willing to pull the trigger with him. No, they're not, and he's been buried twice by Cena. You're supposed to get momentum when he came over. Like I could have accepted. I know you jokingly predicted, or it wasn't even a joke when you predicted that he would win the Money in the Bank this year. It, it wasn't a joke. I was, I was, I was full on serious. You were dead set that he was. <laughs> I <one>. really was. <laughs> the see the. It's just it doesn't make sense. Like he came over to SmackDown. He was having the Shane McMahon. I'm not happy that you've not got me in the main event scene doing his like. Twitter videos or something like that. I'm going to come over and I demand answers. Nothing, absolutely nothing came of that whatsoever. And he came in and he got handed to Cena on a plate 
in a pretty shite uh, flagpole match. Yep. It was pretty bad, bad, bad. And then you were saying, like, for anyone that doesn't know, I had a wee hiatus from wrestling for a couple of years and I missed quite a lot of Rusev's US title reign. And when he came in, it did seem like a big deal. He nearly won the fucking Royal Rumble that year and everyone was cheering. That's because Roman Reigns was in the ring. So that was that was quite a shock to see folk desperate for him to win that. But then he got handed to Cena. He destroyed Cena. Was it Fastlane it was called? It was, wasn't it? Fastlane. And then Cena buried him three times and since then he just didn't come across as a legitimate guy anymore and it became a bit more comical like he goes from being in a massive match with Cena at Wrestlemania with as you say probably the best entrance ever to a fucking love quadrangle with Lana Summer Rae and Dolph Ziggler what the fuck did he do wrong to deserve that (laughs) think about that he beats Cena at Fastlane and then he's fucking fighting Dolph Ziggler over two women. Just. I love the guy. This is Vince's fault again. I like. Honestly, man, I know we use the word like superstar and stuff like that too loosely and whatever, but. This guy. This guy should be doing so much more than he's doing right now and it just makes no sense to me. Honestly, it really doesn't like. Just take that fucking that US title off Corbin and give it to fucking give it to Rusev, and then just I don't know, man. <laughs> you sound so dejected right now. I it's cause it's just because I really really like him. Um, he's, he's, I hope he does win the title eventually. I really hope he does. The title. A fucking A title, just give me any title right now. Give me the fucking hardcore title right now if you want. <laughs> oh Jesus! He will. I don't know. Don't know. It's it's just poor, really, really poor. And and see, he was booked really. He was booked reasonably well when he had the US title last year. He nearly mm-hmm. fucking bent Kalisto in half the wrong way. He was a monster then, but yet again, fed to reigns and dealt with. It's difficult, man. It's difficult. It's just it's, to see where he was just a few years back to where he is now. It's just like you never ever thought that would happen. You never did. Aye, it's a shame. It really is. See, because of that, I've never taken to Rusev as much as you have. I just can't do and it. That's why I'm saying. I think because you missed what me and John Ross saw. We saw that run. I know Barry saw it, but Barry's not never really been enamoured with me anyway. But me and John Ross saw it, and we've we've loved him since. It, and when you see what he's doing right now, you just sort of think back to look where you were just about three or no, four years ago. I'm not a fan of this Rusev Day thing whatsoever. Oh fuck's sake! It's I don't. Why is it Rusev Day every day? Because it just is. It's Rusev. It's just, you know. See, that's why I'm all for supporting mid-card acts and even lower mid-card acts, but they've got to have a decent gimmick. And I don't get... I'm not a big fan of Aidan English, but that seems to be his pal right now. Yep. 
I just think... I don't, I don't really understand that, to be honest with you, either. Mm. Uh, um, nah, I don't get it. You know how don't they usually it. have to swap from face to heel to face when they're swapping titles, usually, unless it's a triple mm. threat or something? It looks like either Bobby Roode or Nakamura is going to be taking the US title off of Corbin next. How would you feel about Corbin ver- um, Roode versus Rusev? And that would be a bit more serious. That would be a bit more serious for me. If he stopped all the nonsense and got a bit more serious, then I could take it. Then I could accept him more. Yeah. Yeah, that, like... Just get the title off Baron Corbin as soon as you can, um, and give it to Bobby Roode. Don't give, don't want Nakamura winning it at all. I would, I would really hate that. Um, nah, please don't put Nakamura that near that title. Why not? Because it would then, it would then put the dream match that a lot of us want: AJ versus Naka most likely off at Mania. That's the only reason. Like, if Naka wins that US title say and doesn't drop it before Mania, you're not going to get that match. So, and also, I think Nakamura wins the Royal Rumble. So, yeah, I've I, don't see him, I don't see him winning the US title, which is a good thing because we get to see AJ Styles versus Nakamura at WrestleMania for the title. So, I don't, don't, don't put that on Nakamura. Um, despite the give it, flaws, give it to Bobby Roode. despite the flaws, the many flaws of the Survivor Series main event, Naka did have a good wee spell in there. He looked dominant. However, he's not really been on telly that much recently. Mm-hmm. Now this does happen regularly. People aren't on telly for a wee while. Basically, they've not got anything planned for them, but then they just come back and they're given momentum. Without the the road to WrestleMania is being paved as we speak. And I'm still sticking by Nakamura winning the title. If it is going to be Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar and Raw, there is no way in Philadelphia that they're going to have Roman Reigns win that title. No way. Uh, win that Rumble. They won't do it. So it's going to be a SmackDown guy. No, no I agree. I agree because I think whether I've said it before or I'm not sure, but to me, I obviously the SmackDown would win it in... Raw would determine their number one uh, contender by just having like a tournament and the ultimate the number one contender match taking place at that pay-per-view between the Rumble and Mania. Mm-hmm. Um, so I it would be surprising if Roman won it again. But you just never know, do you? It would... I think there would be an uproar like we've never seen before. I mean, the first one was quite quite bad. It seems to... The, the Rock the, the, I, down to help. Aye, the IC title reign so far seems to be positive. I mean, there were chance of you deserve it on Monday night there. Sorry, can you say that again? There were chance of you deserve it on Monday night there. Can you believe that? <laughs> I mean... It does. <laughs> um... So basically, for you, you want Roman Reigns and Rusev and Asuka to be a, a faction that have all the titles forever. Pretty much. That sounds like. What would you call that faction? I'm not entirely sure. Sure, I'd need time to think about it. 
your bays, just to call them Ricky's bays? Well, see, to be honest, like, they're also John Ross's bays as well, when you think about it. Well, Ricky and JR's bays, there you go, that's got a nice there's link been a lot. There's been a lot of JR references on this podcast. Straight out to JR and straight out to Barry, if you guys are you. listening. I miss you, bastards. <laughs> Shall we um, call it quits on our back and forth differing opinions tonight and have a wee quiz? Why not? End up on a good note. Yes, so here we go. The music part of the quiz comes in now. <laughs> It's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. A fucking WWE quiz. Right, smart ass. <laughs> Since you're such a fucking encyclopedia for the 24-7 hardcore title rule, I've got a hardcore title quiz for you. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. And something tells me that the information you've used in the past might be actually incorrect. However, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Right, so. Name the three people who have had the most hardcore title reigns. Number one. Question number one. Like, do you mean like combined days or? No, just the amount of, ti- the amount times, of times. they've won it? Uh-huh. Um, let me see, let me see, let me see. I will go Crash Ollie. Okay, it doesn't have to be in order. Raven. Okay, last one. And I kind of want to say JBL on Hardcore Holly. Um, I'll go with JBL. You got two out of three. Did I get wrong, JBL? Yeah, it was Stephen Richards. Oh, so it was. I saw him last week. Damn it. Stephen Richards with 21, Crash Holly with 22, and Raven with a staggering... Was it 26 or something? 27. Fucking hell. He has had the most title range in WWE history. That's the Raven effect for you. Right, number two. Who was the last hardcore champion before it was involved in a unification match? Round about August 2002. Hmm. Was it unified with the IC title? It was. Mr. Monday Night. Do you know what? I will accept that answer. What do you mean you will accept? Is that not right? Because technically he won the match, but it was unified with his IC title. So in a weird way, he was the last hardcore champ, but who was the other one? Who did he beat that night? House of Hardcore himself. Oh, well done. Thomas Dreamer, well done. (laughs) Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) Number three, during the 24-7 rule, how many reigns were there in total? Like how many different title changes were there? Was it between three options? Was it between 150 and 199? Was it between 200 and 249? 
or was it between two five zero and two nine nine? So does that does that make sense? That question. Yeah. Between one five zero and one nine nine, between two hundred and two four nine, or between two fifty and two nine nine. Right. Can you give me the options again? Sorry. I just did. I know. I wasn't listening. I was. <laughs> Was it under 200 and... Was it between 150 and 199? Was it between 200 and 249? Or was it between 250 and 299? Just guess, you've only got three options. I, um, less than 200. Incorrect. The answer is 238. <laughs> That's fucking ridiculous, isn't it? I know, but remember they had that. It was like a 20 minute hardcore match where the title changed hands about 100 times. Ah, I know. <laughs> in the one match. Right, so at the King of the Ring 2000, who fought for the hardcore title in an evening gown match? See, it, I know. It's one of those ones that was basically one of the worst matches ever. See, you know that he says. An evening gown. You can remember it very vaguely, can't you? I think so. King of the Ring 2000? The year that King Kurt was born. I was going to say Tony Wilson, but it's not her. It was... Um... Will I give you a clue? I, fucking, I can see her face. Right, you're wrong, because it was not ladies. Was it not? No. Come on. <laughs> Can you ask me the question again, sorry? Who fought in an evening gown match for the hardcore title at King of the Ring 2000? Pat Patterson and Jerry Bristol. Yes, finally. Well done. Correct answer. Number four. I've missed one somewhere. How many have I done? One, two, three. Right, this is the last one, right? Christian. At WrestleMania 18, Christian defeated Molly Holly. To become the hardcore... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did just say that sentence. Christian defeated Molly Holly at WrestleMania 18, and this was during one of those crazy matches, to become the hardcore champ. How did he win it? What did he do to Molly Holly to win the hardcore title? What did he do to Molly Holly? It was a a classic moment. That was... I I remember barely laughing at it. This was when she was Mighty Molly. When I tell you, you remember and you'll have a right good chuckle. You've not got a clue? I really don't because I don't really... I don't think I remember this. I'll tell you then. Molly Holly was the... Mighty Molly was the hardcore title and she was running down a long corridor. And she got... Oh, and she got smashed in a nut with a pan. (laughs) No... At the end of the corridor was one of those half and half barn doors, and she got hit in the head by one of the, the top half of the door, and she got clocked out by Christian. Did uh, she, she win the title? But somebody got hit with a frying pan. Aye, that probably happened a few times. But do you remember that barn door bit at all? Vaguely. Oh, look it up. Hilarious. Uh, but see, the funny thing was, Christian. Right, this is a wee bonus thing. 
at the end of it, Christian was running away with a hardcore title and he was trying to get in a taxi to go leave, but Raven attacked him, pinned Christian, and then he took the taxi for himself. See, that title, that fucking hardcore title is the greatest thing <laughs> Honestly, man, that was fucking great viewing. I'm going to go back and watch some of this stuff now on the network, on the WWE network book for nine ninety nine. Um, since we're doing plugs shout out to the folks at socialsuplex.com with the other podcasts on there, the SMC podcast and One Nation Radio and we also have a plethora of columns available for your viewing pleasure and feel free to join the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook page as well for all your social wrestling needs that was very professionally done was it not? It was and a shout out to is it Kervinizer Scrooge who's he's on the SMC podcast I was tweeting back and forth he's a Dallas Cowboys fan you know and we don't like them sorry John Ross oh is he is he into the who's that was that was a conversation you probably saw me and him having on Sunday night uh huh and then he said on Messenger is that you and he he referred to my butler's name yep just in case you're concerned or confused, I use my butler's name for the columns that I write on the socialsuplex.com. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really a secret um, anymore, is it? I w- I'm going to ask you a quick bonus question. Okay. Who won the match between Jerry Briscoe and Pat Patterson? You probably know this because you probably just searched like, the, actual, the actual match itself. I'm going to hazard a guess. I think somebody came down during it. Do you okay. know? The, do you know the answer? I know why. Right, uh, either Raven or Crash Holly came down and stole Crash, the tight. Crash Holly. Cra- <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that that thing was arguably my most favourite like storyline ever in the wrestling. Like that title match was just fucking excellent. I loved that title. It was so entertaining. My favourite bit was Briscoe pinning Crash Holly when he was asleep. With a pink, with a pinky or his finger or whatever it was. Aye, and the ref did a silent three count. <laughs> and then you saw him like jumping up and down on the spot, like kind of contain his excitement. I know. No, yeah. I just I can't remember who it was, but I watched it was Crash Holly, but they were running about like in a children's play area, like in the ball pit and stuff. So the headbangers. <laughs> And then the acolytes attacked him in an airport? Or was it? <laughs> no, it was the Mean Street Posse. <laughs> I love that thing. Oh, excellent. We should do a, a special, like a five hour special dedicated to the 24 7 hardcore title. We should. We should. It could go on for a long time. We could make that last quite a bit. I know. Right, we'll let you go, guys, and enjoy the quiet week of wrestling, and hopefully it picks up next week. If not, we'll have some other random topics to talk about. Thank you for listening, yep. and good night. Take care, guys. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. From issuance, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.